You're listening to the Course Creation Bites podcast, bite-sized lessons for busy business owners creating, launching, and selling their own course. Each week, you'll get short, practical lessons that focus on one part of your online course creation journey and an easy action step to go away and implement. Here's your host, Sam Winch, the course creator, not the lunchtime food. Let's get started. Let's talk about course fatigue. Hi, I'm Sam Winch, the course creator, not the lunchtime food. And as usual, this amazing question came from Content Into Courses, which is my Facebook group. Side note, if you're not in it, you probably should head over there. We have some really interesting discussions over there. But anyway, this question came up and it was so juicy that I had to talk to you guys about it because I think there's a lot of value in what we spoke about here. So the question was, does anyone have any thoughts on course fatigue? During my recent launch, I had about five people contact me and want to do the course, but just don't have the bandwidth or the time to commit to seven weeks right now because they're already doing Z, X, number of other courses. A few of them indicated they might be more interested in one-on-one coaching or um, some other options that she had available as well. So I won't go into any more details because then the rest of it becomes quite personal about her business. But the question that came up at the beginning there was really interesting. So her question about has anyone else come across course fatigue and do they find that their audience is overdoing courses or is looking for other options for working with people and just don't have the bandwidth for courses right now? And this is a really good question because there are more courses in the marketplace now and there are a lot more people offering courses as a vehicle for working with them. So it isn't unusual that your clients may already be in another course and yours isn't the only one on their radar at the moment. It is highly likely that they're already in several courses, many of them with lifetime access or lifetime membership, and that they're already got a couple on their radar that they think they might want to join in the future. But this isn't a bad thing, especially if they're coming to you and saying they don't think they have the bandwidth for another one right now, because what it means is that people are being more selective about the courses that they're choosing to participate in, and they are aware that they need to dedicate time to achieving results. And these are not bad things at all. What I saw happen in the first sort of influx or wave of online courses is that people bought a a dozen courses and just thought that they would magically fix everything. And then they became really overwhelmed and you have a whole heap of people with access to courses. I bet you might be one of them. Um, You've bought a bunch of courses in the past. You possibly haven't finished them all. You've got a folder in your inbox called course logins or something, and you've just never gone back in. And you're not alone in that. There's lots of people like that. So the fact that people are starting to realize that, hey, I can't just buy lots of courses. I actually have to dedicate some time to doing the courses isn't a bad thing. In fact, it's a really good thing for you because it means when they do buy your course, they recognize they're going to have to put the work in to get results and they're going to have to dedicate time to doing the work. And this is good. However, as you can see, some sales objections came up during the discussion and there are a couple of ways you can approach that. So if your audience is coming back to you and saying they just don't have the bandwidth for the course, there's a couple of things you can think about. One, you can consider making your program evergreen rather than live launch. This means that your students have the opportunity to take the program when it's right for them rather than when it's right for you. So the problem with live launch is that especially if your audience is spread around the world like mine is and it's possible yours is too, there's not one good time. So for example, that we have the long summer holidays here in Australia from December through to February. Now that's a really big chunk of time that your audience might be busy dealing with kids and everything else, but it's not the same if you're in the UK, for example, where their summer holidays might be the end of July through to September. 
So it's things like this where you can't guarantee there's one week or seven weeks or eight weeks that are perfect for everyone all around the world that don't take into account school holidays and everything else going on. And so an evergreen program allows your clients to pick the time that's right for them. And it could be an option for you as well. Number two, you could offer a variety of ways to work with you. So you could have the option for taking the course live seven weeks, and then you could have a button for course isn't for you, want to work with me one-on-one instead, here's my one-on-one program, or here's a VIP level, or here is another thing you can do if the course isn't right for you. So you can offer a variety of ways to work with you. Some of that might be the course, some of that might be consulting, some of that might be done for you services, depending on the things you offer. Now, the only thing I want you to be careful of here, and it's something even I come across, is that when you do lots of things, people don't know necessarily exactly how to work with you because there are too many different ways. And so you just need to be careful that you're offering the services that you want to offer, not just the things you think your audience are going to buy, that suit the way you want to run your business. Three, you need to be selective about timing. So as I mentioned um, before, you have to consider things like school holidays and those sorts of things. So things that might be coming up for your audience that might make them busy, but that includes other things going on as well. So if you've got competitors, for example, have a really big course launch, you probably don't want to be trying to launch your course at the same time. If you have other people that your audience follow that are in perhaps complementary services that do big course launches as well, again, you don't necessarily want to be launching at the same time. If your clients are buying into someone else's big eight-week program, it doesn't mean they're not going to buy yours, but it does mean they might have gone, oh, I've got eight weeks worth of classes and course content, and I just can't sign up for another program right now. Now, this doesn't mean you need to know every single person's launch date because it's just not possible, but you might know of a couple of big people in your industry who have some fairly regular launches. Um, Marie Folio's B-School used to be one to sort of avoid trying to promote at the same time as because it was just such a big industry event. So many people were trying to get into it. So many people were affiliates for it. So the market was really busy and it was really expensive to run ads to the same sort of audiences at the same time. So you don't need to know about everyone, but if there's a couple of big players, just keep an eye out for what they're doing. Of course, option number four is you could ignore all of that and do exactly what you want when you want it and simply just increase the size of your audience. So Denise Duffield-Thomas does this very well. She has just one way of working with her really, which is bootcamp. And in fact, she even says all roads lead to money bootcamp. You either do bootcamp or you don't. She doesn't offer then a variety of different one-on-ones and done four years and all this sort of stuff. You either take bootcamp or you don't. Now on that understanding, then it won't be right for everyone. So rather than offering a variety of options to increase that, instead, she's increased the size of the people she talks to, that her reach, her market, and therefore the conversions are high enough or the conversions are the conversions that she wants to get. So If people in your audience are coming back to you and saying, oh, I just don't have the bandwidth for you right now, if you increase the size of your audience, you're going to increase your conversion rates just because there are more people in there. So it's something to consider. Do you want to change up the way you're doing things or are you sticking to your guns? You're happy with your offer and you just need to reach more people to sell more rather than change everything you're doing. There was lots of parts to that, but I guess the moral of the story is if people are coming to you talking about cause fatigue, it's not necessarily a bad thing. You do want to have apps have a little bit of a think about it. If a lot of people are coming to you talking about it, then offering a different option might be better. But perhaps it's just a self-subjection. Just one of the things that people are saying that you can talk them through, you can offer a different variety of options, or you can just increase the size of your market. So your action step, because you can't build a course by listening to me talk about courses, instead you need to go away and do something. And this one wasn't as much about doing, I perhaps wanted to prompt your thoughts about course fatigue. And I'm curious to know if you think that course fatigue is something that your audience is going through at the moment. But what I do want you to think about is going and just looking at perhaps the sales objections you had during your last program. Is it that people didn't want the course, but they want to work with you instead? Was it money? Was it time? What came up? And if 
some of that was cause fatigue. Perhaps you can use some of the strategies I suggested here. But if something else came up instead, go away and have a think about that. I do want to implore that you don't need to change your entire business model just because some people mention some things. If everyone has an issue with it, maybe you're not going to reach the market you want. But just because a couple of people have objections, that doesn't mean you need to change your entire model if it doesn't suit you. But if you want to change some things, then you can go and do that too. Okay, it's time for all of those podcasty bits. If you've loved this episode, share it with your friends or just tell random people about it. Stop them in the street. Okay, don't stop them in the street. But please do share it with your friends, especially if you think they will find it helpful. Make sure that you have subscribed so that you get access to all of the future episodes. And better still, leave a review. Podcast reviews are like gold. So I would really appreciate it if you took a couple of moments and leave a review with your thoughts and takeaways from this podcast episode. Lastly, why not come over and join my free Facebook group? Simply search content into courses inside Facebook. There's some good interaction that happens on over there. I'm in and out on a regular basis to answer all of your questions and to give some live tips and tricks. And you get to learn from other course creators about all the things you can do to grow your course and your audience. That's it for this time. But as always, I will catch you next time. Mm -hmm.